Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into a short, about a 12-minute study from God's Word each day, and thereby to help us have a better focus on life, but also, more immediately, on the day, whatever the day may throw at us. It's also designed to get us into God's Word and help us to stay focused on our spiritual lives and our relationship with God. Now, you know people who need to change their focus in their life. Their life is going in the wrong direction. They need to change their mindset and they need to change the way they live their life. By sharing these short studies with them, you may help them make those changes. Again, you know people who are going down the wrong pathway through life. By sharing these short studies, you may help them turn their life around, start to think about their spiritual relationship with God, about their souls. You may help get them on the pathway that ultimately will lead them to heaven and eternal life. So share these short studies. You can do that through Facebook friends, through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. So share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. Share. We started talking about last time about two opposing forces that are influencing our lives. They're always there. One is positive, and that's God, through Jesus Christ, through the gospel, through his word, trying to influence us, lead us to be with him forever in heaven and enjoy all of the bliss and the blessings that go therewith. The other opposing force is exactly the opposite, and that's the devil. He's trying to pull us away from God. He uses temptations and allurements and even takes advantage of difficulties in our lives, such as illness, injury, job loss, financial difficulties, relational problems. He uses all kinds of kind of open doors to get into our lives and try to pull us away from God. But ultimately, what he's doing is leading us to eternal condemnation and torment in hell. So it's easy to see the difference between the two. They're not similar in any way. They're exact opposites. And it's also easy to figure out, well, which, which influence do I want to follow? Which one do I want to be the guiding influence in my life? God, and ultimately leading me to heaven, or the devil, and ultimately leading me to hell? Well, it's a no-brainer. But here's the real, profound, bottom-line, foundational question. Which one is really influencing your life? Now, don't answer how you know you should answer. Which one is really, truthfully, the influence and the guiding influence in your life. Which way are you living? Are you heading toward heaven because you're following God through his word? You're studying his word? That's what this short study every day is designed to do, to help us to, to do at least. Are you living by the teachings of God's word consistently? Or are you doing your own thing and living a worldly life through the influence of the devil? You see, it is a profound question, isn't it? Soul-searching question. You need to make up your mind. You need to decide. You need to be truthful. Because if you're 
realistically following the lead of the devil, then you're, you're heading toward eternal condemnation in hell. Nobody wants to be there. So you need to open your eyes. You need to open your heart. You need to be honest with yourself. And you need to take the step you need to take to turn your life around. Now, I want us to make the application of this principle, these two opposing forces. I want to make one specific application. One is the way of love. That's God. The other is the way of hatred. And that's the devil. I think we can safely say and accurately say the devil hates God. God is love. John, the apostle, wrote that for us at least a couple of times in 1 John. Now, think about God and how he exhibits his love toward us. He sent Jesus into this world to be our Savior. Now, just making that statement, that is a statement that we could all accept and agree upon, but You see, he sent Jesus into this world to be our Savior because we were lost in our sins. Now that makes his sending Jesus into this world as our Savior a whole lot deeper, a whole lot more meaningful to each one of us personally. John 3.16, perhaps the most familiar verse in the entire Bible For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, believing in him inherently includes obeying him, living by his teachings, coming to him obediently as the Savior. But now, that's how much God loves us. He sent his Son He sent his son to the cross. He sent him into this world. He sent him from heaven to become man, still God the son, but also God the man to live upon this earth and go through everything that mankind goes through. Happiness, joy, sorrow. Do you think Jesus never got sick physically while he was here? It would be reasonable to, to, to assume, certainly he did, because he experienced all the same kinds of temptations and so on as we experience. Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 4. He went through what we go through, but yet without sin. He never gave in to the temptations or the difficulties. God sent him into this world to go through all of that and ultimately to be crucified in a horrible, brutal, barbarous kind of, or barbaric kind of execution process on that cross so that he could give his life to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. That's how much God loves us. In Romans chapter 5, we begin reading with verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for us without strength. What? Physically? Oh, no. Without strength spiritually because of our sin. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Let me ask you, is there anyone in this world you would die for right now? Again, it's easy for us to kind of 
roll the answer off our lips, we might say, well, yes, I'd die for a so-and-so, I'd die for so-and-so. Would you, really? It's something else when the rubber meets the road and the prospect is staring us square in the face. Maybe for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Verse 8 goes on and says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, enemies to whom? Enemies of God. If when we were enemies, why would we be enemies of God? Because we were sinners, lost in our sin, guilty of our sins. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now you think about the depth and the gravity of what this particular text is telling us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, it's easy for us to kind of think and say, yeah, 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 I, I, you know, I, I curse too much. Or maybe it's not our practice at all to curse, but we might think, yeah, I, I remember I got angry last week with so-and-so and I let out a curse word. Or maybe we found ourselves shading the truth, maybe even telling a lie or using deception. I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe we, we cheated somebody financially at the grocery store somehow. Or maybe we can think back and sometime back in our past life, we, maybe we stole something. Maybe it was when we were you know, still a teenager, but we, we took something that didn't belong to us. You know, I remember a young boy crying because he had taken something from a friend's house when he was over there visiting his friend. Now, they were just young kids. He took it because he thought it would look cool, and he kept it for a while. But his conscience started bothering him so much. They came to his father and crying, and, and, and he he told his father what he had done. He had told his father, I think that he found it in the woods someplace maybe, but that wasn't true. He stole it. So his father took him to the home of his friend and made him ring the doorbell or knock on the door. And the friend's mother came to the door and the father made him tell his mother, his friend's mother, what he had done. He apologized. He held it out before her in his hands, and he told her exactly what he had done. He stole it when he was there in her house one day some time back. She looked past him over the young boy's shoulder at the father standing behind the boy, and as though she was going to just try to forgive him and exonerate him and say it's no big deal, and his father stood there shaking his head no. And the young boy was asking, is there something I can do to sort of pay you back for this? Is there something I can do, some work around the house or whatever? She was going to say no. Her father was shaking his head silently, no, don't do that. And she finally said, you know, there's some things back in the yard you could clean up for me. 
And in that way, the young boy worked off in his mind. He paid the price for having stolen that after he gave it back to the mother of the house. You see, you might say, well, that's, that's just a little example. That young boy was pretty innocent. He recognized his, his wrong, and he, he made amends for it. Think about the person who steals the purse from an elderly lady who has nothing except what's in her purse to sustain her until her next social security check comes in, maybe a month later. Think about somebody who breaks into the home and robs that home of everything they have that is of value. Think of the person who takes a gun and shoots somebody in the head and then steals their wallet. Think about the worst kind of evil act that you could imagine. Now, what did, what did Paul write there? God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He does not... He does not qualify what kind of sinfulness was in the lives of the ones Christ died for. He just said, while we were still sinners, Christ died for every sinner, the worst of the worst, the most heinous and wicked we can imagine, that if they would repent and come to him, surrendering their life to him as the Savior through baptism, the blood that he shed on the cross would cleanse them of the guilt of their sins. And they could have that home in heaven, eternal life. That's God's love for us, for the world. That's how he demonstrated his love for us, one way. Let's pray together. Father, you are worthy of all praise and glory and honor and thanks for all of your blessings the greatest being your love sending your savior to that sending your son as our savior to that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins through his death thank you god we cannot thank you enough but thank you guide us to live our lives as well as we can demonstrating our thankfulness to you and our love for you for loving us so much. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.